0: Welcome to Tomo Talks, I'm Tomo Marjanovic. I am here today with military vet and IFBB Pro bodybuilder, Robert Timms. We're gonna talk about mindset development and discovering your niche. Stay tuned. So a lot of the bodybuilding guys are gonna be watching this, a lot of the fitness people that are gonna be watching this, they know who you are. For everybody else that's not into bodybuilding, we have a lot of people that are into business, into lifestyle, Mm -hmm. uh, that watch this podcast. Give, your, give a little introduction to everybody, where you came from, what you do, uh, just give a little background on you before we
1: start diving in there. My name's Robert Timms. I grew up in Orlando, Florida, actually. Raised on my father and my stepmother. I have three siblings. And, you know, I grew up really kind of middle class, mm-hmm. you know, um, had a lot of fun as a kid. I had a really good um, upbringing. Mm-hmm. Set a lot of rules. My dad set a lot of rules for us, really strict. You were so a good kid. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Um, my thought process was always want to make my dad proud. Okay. So even still to this day, it's more not always thinking before I act. A lot of times, you know. Mm-hmm. So I didn't do the whole grow up partying and grow up, you know, any of that stuff. I kind of just was re- I was really modest. We stayed in church. Mm-hmm. That was a big thing in my family. Um, Sunday, Sunday night, Wednesdays, mm-hmm. Fridays, we in church. Okay. So. I had a really, really good upbringing. And then it goes to activities, right? So me and my brother, we wanted to do things, so we got into karate. I got mm-hmm. in when I was eight. Eight? Eight years old. So you started martial arts at eight years old? I started actually here. It's a school called Dynamik, um, Shotokana Karate Academy, and it's a Japanese-style okay. martial art. And I did that till I was 13. Um, I got my black belt. Then I started kickboxing, and then I went into boxing. So you're dangerous too. And then I went into, so you're not yeah, just So You're not just big right. so, and
0: intimidating. You actually have some dangerous qualities. Absolutely. So
1: the <laughs> thing, well, the thing is right, it, but that teaches you discipline, right? That's oh, one yeah. of those things where just because you can doesn't mean you do, mm-hmm. right? So that was the purpose and the mindset behind why my dad put us in martial arts, and it it worked. Never had any street fights. Mm-hmm. Never did any of that. I've always respected everybody. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things, you give respect and you get it back, right? So that was my thing, big on respect. You know, yes, sir, no, sir. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, stuff like that. But that's just how I was raised, you know, around a lot of love, mm-hmm. family, all love. And it's really good, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit about me. Um, 19, went into the military. Are were you first-generation military or did you have family in the so military? So my grandfather okay. was a Marine. Oh, Okay. Um, and he retired and became and worked at the sheriff's department down in Sanford. Really? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, other than that, my mom, my biological mom, she's actually retired this year mm. after forty years.
0: Wow. What in the range? army. In the army. army? Okay, mm-hmm. that's awesome, man. And and you, at eighteen, went into the military. Mm-hmm. You said you said Air Force, yep. right? Been Air Force. Okay. How was how was that? So. All the people that I know in the military, mm-hmm. it's usually Army, Marines. Mm-hmm. Cause I know a bunch of you know grunts and jarheads, right? bunch bunch of yeah. meathead guys. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And they went in; they were combat vets. Right. Uh, those are most of the guys that I grew up with right. that I know. Uh, so going into the Air Force, a little more of an intellectual kind of job in the military. The thing with the
1: Air Force is a lot of people. Look at us as, like you said, just more the the intellectuals. Mm-hmm. It's because we don't have those crazy type jobs as infantry. Mm-hmm. We don't have an infantry. We don't have stuff like that. We have PJs, which are our special forces, but mm-hmm. we don't have, like, those regular bases, you know, jobs like that. Mm-hmm. The Air Force for me, I didn't go in looking for the discipline part. I didn't need it. You already had that. My dad gave that to me. Mm-hmm. I went in looking for the start of life, if that makes sense. Good I kind of going to, into adulthood, your segue into adulthood, gotcha. Because I knew I wasn't a scholar. Mm-hmm. I wasn't the one who was, oh, I wanna, you know, I was smart, but I wasn't inclined to go to school. I wasn't, I just didn't want, I didn't have that desire. Gotcha. But I knew I wanted to do something. Okay. And I know I needed to do something. I did join the military, I came in the Air Force, and um, it was probably the best thing I could have done. Okay. Um, what was your job? So I was a weapons loader, I actually loaded bombs on jets for 13 years. Very cool. That's how you got the arms. And that's that's <laughs> yeah. That's how I got the. That's where it started. <laughs> so um, that's what that was my job, and uh, it was super exciting. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, got to see a lot of things. Got to go a lot of places. Mm-hmm. You deployed I outside did. outside mm-hmm. of the country. I where were you deployed to? Mm-hmm. Everywhere. Yeah, we went a little bit. Really, we went a couple. Okay. Put, a couple. So. For our deployments, we went a couple of different places. Okay.
0: I know you did at least one tour in Europe. So I did. A little bit I of, did a little bit of history on you. I did. So I did I, my background. I, yeah. I know you did one tour in Europe. I know you did at least one in the Middle East. Who
1: mm-hmm. knows where? I
0: don't think any of that information is out there.
1: So we don't talk about where we deployed to, but I will tell you, you did go to my first station was Italy. Oh, Italy. It okay. was. Mm-hmm. I was there for about two years. Okay. And then I did um, some time in Korea. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. So maybe the Middle East is a rumor. I don't know. We're going to pretend
0: like we don't know <laughs> what we're talking about there. So while you were in the military, you're deployed. Uh, you obviously have always been active with karate and everything like mm-hmm. that. In the military with kind of basic training and working right. out and stuff like that, did you start getting into the
1: gym and lifting weights while you were in the military? Or was that beforehand? I, growing up, I've always been strong. Mm-hmm. But I never really touched weights on a consistent basis. I never really was in, even in high school, I mm-hmm. wasn't in weightlifting I didn't do that stuff. I was just naturally gifted. When I first started training, I was actually in the desert. And a friend of mine, he, uh, he, he looked at me, he's like, I'm going to show you how to lift. And I was like, okay. And I was 175 pounds at a time. Mm-hmm. Unbeknownst to me, you know, you don't understand what your potential is until you're actually in a situation. Sure. Right? You don't understand how you're going to react until you act. Mm-hmm. Right? He started teaching me but it didn't make sense to me. We're doing an exercise and I'm like, well, why are we doing this? He's like, this is what you do. This is just how you do it. And I'm like, but I don't know that I feel it where I'm supposed to feel it. Oh, He's like, okay. just go through, just do it. Just do the motion. And I'm doing it, and I'm like, I just, it just didn't make sense, mm-hmm. right? And I said, I'm gonna work out, I'm gonna do it myself. I was like, you show me the, the motions, but I wanna make it a little bit more understanding to myself. So tailor it to you, the way that you feel your muscles move and the way that you right gotcha. Because if I'm doing a curl, I want to make sure I feel it in my bicep and not just moving the weight. Mm -hmm. Right. So I stepped away from him and two, three months later, I was about 200 pounds. Wow. I left the desert at
0: 230. 230. And you were probably lean, I'm assuming.
1: It was, it was, it wasn't, uh, I wasn't fat. Sure. Most of the guys in the military aren't going to get fat. Right. Yeah. you're gonna be relatively. Especially weak. in the desert. You're mm-hmm. working six days a week. Mm-hmm. It was funny because when I stepped off the plane, everybody was like, what, what, what happened? Like, I was like, I just learned how to lift. <laughs> and that's really what it was. You know, granted, I learned about diet. I learned about mm-hmm. food because when you're over there, you're not really going to get the food that you want. Sure. You got to get what you can get. But I understood what food was and how certain foods worked. I'm assuming you did a lot of research while you were doing this. I had no choice. So you're reading, you're researching. Understanding proteins, fats, carbs, macros, micros. Mm -hmm. You know, though I took those basic understandings, right, and implemented them. Mm -hmm. And then I fell in love with it. So not necessarily bodybuilding. No. You fell in love with
0: lifting weights and just getting stronger, being healthy. That's it. Okay. That's it.
1: I've never wanted the label of a bodybuilder. Okay. It has a negative connotation. It's not even that it has a negative. It's not even that. I think it's more so like people think one way when they hear the word, mm-hmm. and it's like, nah, you don't understand like how in depth it goes, right? And all they think about is one thing, mm-hmm. and it's like, come on, like it's more to that, more mm-hmm. than that. You have to enjoy it, right? You have to. Hearing people complain about it, right? It bothers me because it's just like. Why do it if you don't enjoy it? Like complaining about the gym, the diet. I gotta go to, I gotta go. No, you get to go. Yeah. I gotta diet.
0: No, you get to diet. Man, I, I talk with people all the time about the mindset of when it comes into things. And I'm gonna touch on that with you on how your mindset probably developed through your years. But I talk to people all the time, like your mindset on things, you don't have to do it. You get to do it. You have the opportunity to do Absolutely. things. Absolutely. You know, so having a positive attitude and having a positive mindset on whatever it is. Someone you competed against, um, uh, Chris Bumstead, Mr. Olympia and Classic Physique, the division that you compete in, he uh, coined a phrase, pressure is privilege. True. And I love it. Right. I love that he coined that because that kind of pressure and, you know, those kind of things that you have to do to get to those
1: levels, you should be damn grateful that you get to do that. When you don't have those pressures on you, it's nobody cares. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. So that's the thing. Like, and that's why it's, it's such an individual thing, right? And you ha- everybody has their reason for why they do what they do. Mm-hmm. I have fun. You just enjoy doing it? I just have fun doing it. And honestly, to be honest, and this they're going to really hate me, but it's not even a matter of the competition. Mm-hmm. It's the ride there. Like, I enjoy lifting. I literally <laughs> – I talk to people all the time in the gym, right? Mm-hmm. And they'll come like, bro, like – But you're, I'm like, I'm just Rob. I'm just Rob, that's Mm -hmm. it. Like, I just like lifting weights. I do the same thing you guys do. So you don't embody that identity of bodybuilder, really. You're just yourself. I'm just Robert.
0: Yeah, I got you.
1: I'm just Robert. People fail to realize we all do the same thing. The only thing that separates us is our genetics.
0: I was a ex-competitive bodybuilder. I competed for years. Uh, You know, I did as well as I could and I, Real close. Mm-hmm. Almost got a pro car. Real mm-hmm. close. You know, got my ass whooped though mm-hmm. by some Jamaican guy in the mm-hmm. Caribbean Grand Prix. Kicked my ass. Mm-hmm. But I won my class. It was cool. And I left winning my class because I just knew that there was no way that I was going to get in the pro ranks and actually do anything because I was limited by my genetics. I will
1: never look how you can look. And that's the thing, right? And that's okay. And it is. It's fine. It's okay. And people don't understand. Like, that's why. And the, now- and this is my biggest thing. Mm-hmm. This is literally why my mentality is the way it is. We can control two of the three things. We can control our dedication, and we can control our diet. You can't control your genetics. Mm-hmm. People try. So that being said, that's a gift,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Same way I tell people, you remember the kid in class that was sleeping class and aced the test, and then you were the one who were studying and you took a B on the test and you were mad at them, but they're just gifted. That's a gifted thing. Everybody has their thing. Just because you like something doesn't mean it's for you, right? And people are given gifts to share with others, right? Perfectly to show so. people and just this, you can sing. I can't sing, but I'm gonna enjoy you singing, right? And so when people have, they, they, they hey, what's your arm routine or what's this? I'm like, it's not, I can tell you but you won't get the same results, mm-hmm. right? It's, so that's a I can't take credit mm-hmm. for something that I'm gifted. So people say, "Oh, you're so humble." Well, it's because I know it's just a gift that I have. You're a faith-based person, right? God gives you gifts. That's it. I have gifts. And he doesn't run out of them. That's it. And everybody gets something. Everybody gets something. And that's the thing. Everybody gets something.
0: Exactly. Discovering your gift what it is. is the key to life. That's right. Discovering your gift is the key to life. Making sure that you are putting everything into your gift.
1: Exactly. You know? Into your gift. Yes. And that's the thing you have to understand. You may love bodybuilding from a kid, but that may not be your gift.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? And so that's why a lot I think a lot of times it gets kind of... But when people don't realize that as a gift, that's where you get the arrogance from. Sure. Because you think you did it. And in reality, it's like, well, you have round muscle bellies because that's your genetics. Yeah, you have a tiny waist, you Be- have round eggs, muscle eggs, bellies. Eggs, because of your, right. So... <laughs> It's just a, you know, it's a lot, but it's, 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 you know, it's fun. Bodybuilding is fun. Your mindset on things. This is how I try
0: to tell people to think about basically everything. Mm -hmm. You know, this is how you should think about life in general. Right. Looking at it in a way where you are discovering your gift. You are doing everything you can to really embellish your gift and be successful at it. Mm -hmm. So while you were going through this, uh, you had a kind of a big scare
1: that you had to overcome. Correct. This is actually prior to me. Even even lifting weights. Oh, interesting. Yes. Okay. So when I had got diagnosed with cancer. Okay. Um, it was non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. How I old? Was, I was 21. Wow.
0: So very young. Non-Hodgkin's lymphoma is a serious thing. That actually never goes away from what I understand. It doesn't.
1: It's dormant. Okay. And that's with any cancer, right? Everybody sure. has cancer cells in their body. It's just a matter if they're active or not. Absolutely. I've been in remission since I was 21. Okay. Yeah, my leg was hurting. My um, left leg was hurting really, really bad. And I didn't understand why I was like, you know, and I had kept going to the hospital back and forth. And this is why I was stationed in Italy. Mm. It was, uh, you know, and I'm just, I can take pain, but this was a different kind of pain. You knew and something was wrong. I knew something was different. I'm like, man. So I would go to the hospital. I'd get a cortisone shot. Doctor would give me a cortisone shot. He's like, oh, it's, you know, it'd be fine. Typical uh, <laughs> medical system. That's why I'm he's laughing. Like, I'm sorry. Like, like, not uh, a funny situation. Right. No, no, no. It's okay. No. But uh, it's like, you know, it's typical. Like, put a band on right. it. Right. And yeah. I'm just like, okay, you know, and me, 21, not understanding what cortisone was, I sure. was like, okay, no, it makes it better. No, no, no. It just masks the pain. Mm-hmm. I go back, oh, it's just growing pains. And I said, okay. okay. 21. 21. Okay. Oh, it's bursitis. Gave me a knee brace. Mm-hmm. And i was like, this will make it, you know, better. I remember one night, and I had been going to the hospital for that whole the beginning of that whole year. I kept going, and the thing you know things can seem in excess when you're doing the same thing over and over, and then you start to see your higher ups start to kind of get frustrated with you, and you're like i'm not I'm not just complaining you know i'm I'm telling you it's really you know, so I keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, and uh. The last time I went prior, I went and I said, uh, can I get another doctor? And I had gotten a civilian doctor. Civilian guy came in he's like, let me do some, let me do an MRI and an X-ray on you. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, I get to, uh, it's December now. All right. And I started, I started way early in January, going to the doctor. Well, wow. December 23rd, okay. Mm-hmm. I go. And the doctor says, "So I got your results back." He said, "He showed me an X-ray, and on this X-ray, it had my right shin bone, and it was like it was all white." He's like, "This is how your bone is supposed to look." Showed me the other one, my other shin bone, and at the top it was black. Hmm. He said, "That's cancer." He said, uh, "We're gonna medevac you. Um, You have two options. You can go." to Wilford Hall, which is in Texas, or you can go to Walter Reed, which is in Maryland. And he said, and I was like, oh, well, send me to Walter Reed, that's where my mom works.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he's like, really? I was like, yeah, she's like, he was like, what does she do? I was like, she's a physician assistant, a cardiac physician assistant. He said, okay. So he's like, can I call her? I was like, absolutely. So he calls her. And this is one of those things that really changed my mindset a lot at this point, okay? so. Everybody has their idea of how a mother is loving, caring, right? Nurturing, right? Mm-hmm. My dad, I remember I called my dad, and you know how close I am with my dad. Oh, yeah. It's my guy. Mm-hmm. I called my dad, and my dad was like, what? Like, what's going on? What happened? How does it happen? To you know, I called my mom. She didn't raise me, right? I knew her, I met her again when I was 16, 17. Oh, so you guys didn't really have a relationship? No. Okay. She's been in the military didn't raise me, so doesn't really know me. Mm -hmm. I call, like, hey mom, like, I just found out that I have cancer. And now, obviously, I'm hurt, I'm scared, crying, like. Oh yeah. She's like, what are you gonna do, cry about it or figure it out? That's what my mom told me. Damn. That was one of those things that broke something in me. Right? Mm -hmm. I don't know whether it was good or bad, but it broke something in me. Right, And it was like, growing up, you see how a mother, you think a mother would be. You think they're going to be softer. You think they're going to be more right. caring, more nurturing. But my mother wasn't that. <laughs> right? But I understood, too. She's been in the military. It's mm-hmm. all she knows. Hardened. Hardened. And, but it was facts. Right? And her mentality, to me, was facts don't care about your feelings. Mm. So that's what I got out of that. Okay. And at the end of the day, it's the facts. You can cry about it, or you can take care of it. So I said, okay. She was like, let me talk to the doctor. She was like, send him. Don't set up doctors. I got his doctors. Send him. Two days later, I was in Maryland doing my um, biopsy. Okay. So she was just that matter of fact with you.
0: Absolutely. And looking in on that now, I mean, we're talking, you know, 15 years ago or something mm-hmm. like that. So... Looking on that now, do you think that has helped you develop as a man as you've been growing and kind of learning?
1: It's, it has because you, you know, I think a lot of times an emotional reaction Mm -hmm. will mess you up a lot, right? It's a necessary, but a lot of times you act out of emotion and don't think logically and don't think it through. Mm To where you'll make the wrong choice, sure, or the choice you really didn't intentionally want to make, or make no choice, or make no choice, or be crippled by emotion, Absolutely. which we see all the time Absolutely. now.
0: everybody's so softened by this modern culture. It mm-hmm. seems that nobody is really looking at logic and looking at the way that you really should solve problems. Right.
1: Wh- what would it benefit me if she was like, "Oh, uh, my baby"? What mm-hmm. would that would really have benefited me? Right. It would have. It would have literally gotten you nowhere. No, at all. But that's what I was, at that moment, I was looking for that. Yeah. Right? And (laughs) because you're, I mean, you're scared, you're young, Exactly. But then when she did what she did, it was just like, okay, I just got to take care of it.
0: Mm -hmm. That's what I feel like really builds people are those experiences and those hardships. I mean, obviously, you got over it. Uh, You're in remission now. That's amazing. Right. You're clearly healthy for anybody that's not watching on YouTube and listening. (laughs) Right. You're a damn specimen if I've ever seen one. Right. Uh, You know, so now moving forward, you've been in the military. You're still in the military. Yes. You did active full duty for how many years? 13. 13 years. Thank you for your service, by the way. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Uh, You're still active on the reserves. Yes. Okay. And you have a full-time career as well. Yes. What is that career in? Microprocessor manufacturing. For everybody, including me, what does that mean? (laughs) Okay. So we, every, every,
1: Computer use mm-hmm. has a microprocessor. Every Apple Watch you have, it has okay. a microprocessor. All these things, cars have microprocessors. These are your chips. Okay. Just microprocessor chips for computers and stuff. And huge, I work for Intel.
0: Huge <laughs> shortage right now, actually, of those right. um, for automobiles.
1: Yes. Okay. So I work for Intel, and um, I love it. I've been there for about four years now.
0: Let's kind of dive into that for a second, okay. because you're you're not just the typical guy who is the... Military, martial arts, you, you got a brain in there, too. And you're yes. doing some pretty detailed, cool stuff. Oh, yeah.
1: So as a kid, my dad used to get so mad at me. He used to get so mad at me, right? And because he would buy me things all the time, like the coolest toys mm. and all this stuff, you know. And uh, I would just take it apart. Oh, boy. <laughs> and I sometimes couldn't put it back together. Sure. And it would make him mad because he's like, "You're just breaking stuff," and I'm like, "No, I just want to know how it works." Ah, okay. That's your that's your
0: way of discovering how things work, and you're learning. That's your right. Got it. Are you so a hands-on to, learner? Very okay. I so I have to be hands-on. I can't. Which makes sense why you didn't really segue into college,
1: right? You needed to be hands-on, right? Okay. So I have to do it. So doing that, it led me into. Taking apart computers. Mm. At fourteen, I wanted to get a new computer, and my dad was like, "No." So, I ordered the parts and built my own computer. At what age? Fourteen. Fourteen, you built your yes. own computer. Take apart, put it back together. Mm-hmm. Right. That's kind of how I thought about. it I was like, "Okay, I took this apart before. I know how to put one together." Mm-hmm. You know. And so we did it. Me and my me and my best friend. We kind of sat there and we tried to. We did it, and it was. Uh, my dad was like, "How do you know how to do this?" And I was like. I don't know. Remember all those toys you bought me that I yeah, broke? right, right, and that's where <laughs> that's where it stemmed from. But then that pulls me into bodybuilding. Yeah, the same thing. Bodybuilding is the same thing. You break down, it, build it down it and, bed, and put it yeah. back together. Yeah, how you want to put it together. Mm. So that's kind of how my mind works. I have to under and I have to understand it and do it myself. You know, I can't me sitting and learning from someone pointing to a board and. That's just not my way of learning. Gotcha. You know, it's in one ear and out the other. It, it, I, I got you. A lot of people like that. Mm-hmm. and That's why school is hard for a lot. Right. Because they're like, I got to do it. Let me do it. I think that's the problem with the education system in general. I do too. I think
0: they want everybody to learn one way. Yeah. And that's not how it works. They're not able to adapt to the learning exactly. styles of all the individuals. And exactly. Somebody like you, mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm a horrible reader. That's mm-hmm. my problem. I, you know, but if I will listen to a lecture, that's how I went, got through college. I laugh at people or people laugh at me and I laugh about it. I went through college and I graduated cum laude. Mm-hmm. I never read a book. Everything that I learned, you heard, I had to hear it and interact and have a conversation. Right. So me and you having this conversation, right. I will more than likely never forget all the information right. that I'm learning in this conversation. Mm-hmm. But if I had to read it in a book, you, yeah, absolutely, it's gone. I mean, and that's
1: fair. That's, that's just as an individual learning thing. I'm like, thing. That's a bird. Right, right. You know right, right. No, I get it. I get it. <laughs>
0: the education system right now, I think, is just a catastrophe because mm-hmm. especially with like what they're doing with distance learning. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Right. Me and you will be will lost. Absolutely. Lost. Absolutely. You know, so, you know, being able to adapt to how you learn. And that's a huge thing that we need to start teaching the younger generations is, you know, if you know that you learn better this way. Right. You know, and the parents need to recognize that.
1: That's right. You know, so, they, they exactly. You can't get frustrated with your kid. That's why I went in the military, mm-hmm. because I knew it was going to be you go to a short school, mm-hmm. learn what you need to learn while you're doing it hands on. And then my job was going to be hands on.
0: But, you know, thank God for your dad, though, that he didn't have that mindset where he tried to push you into college right. when it would have been a failure for you. Right. And it would have been a
1: failure. I knew, again, being that I didn't want to upset him. Sure. I didn't want to waste his money. hmm. Right. I didn't want to waste my dad's money. I knew, I knew it's, I know it's, not, it's not cheap. You were very self-aware, though. Absolutely. I mean, as an 18-year-old, that's Absolutely. a very self-aware Absolutely. place to be. Absolutely.
0: So, you know, you, you knowing exactly how you learn and you really going into a career and a, and a lifestyle and a field. Right. Most people that are in IT or that are in processing or that are working for Intel, mm-hmm. they
1: probably have a bachelor's, a master's. Oh, a lot of them that, do. Absolutely. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. Oh and, yeah, but chemical or uh, chemical engineers. Yeah, yeah. Um, just regular engineers, electrical engineers. Like these dudes are amazing. They blow my mind, literally. But I bet you you do the same thing. Absolutely. With you, oh, yeah. the exa- they probably look at you and are like, and that's the thing. That how does this dude know this stuff? It's so funny because I advanced quickly in mm-hmm. Intel, mm-hmm. and they're like, even when I came in, because usually it takes two years they say to get certified. I got certified in six months. And they were like, How do you know how to mm-hmm. and I'm just like, I just it's the way my mind works. My mind just works different. And I tell people all the time, you know, you just gotta find your niche. Cause everybody has it. Mm-hmm. Everybody has something. And just not it may not be what you like to do. It may be that thing that people tell you, Oh, that you make that look easy. That's your niche. What advice would you tell people that are listening on? how to find that niche, how to find where, you, where you're where you supposed to be. It's not a matter of finding it. Mm-hmm. You know it already because people have told you. You just haven't listened. Oh. People tell you all the time. They're like, you start a business? You always start in businesses. Yeah, this is easy. That's just, you know. But you over here trying to be a martial artist. It's like, bro, your job, that's what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. You could do this. In your sleep, you know how to do this. Oh, man, you're, you're good at math. Oh, it's easy, it's, it's just because it's this. You know how many people struggle doing math? Mm-hmm. But you're over here wanting to be a... Some, cultivate the thing that people tell you all the time that you make look easy. That's it, that's really it. You already have experienced your niche. You just haven't cultivated your niche. So it's a recognition. It's a recognition, you have to recognize it. You have to be self-aware and recognize it. My dad, When you were a baby, Robert, like, when you were little, I was like, where'd you, you know, why you get these little abs? Like, my dad said this. Were you one of those kids with a six-pack? Yes, and didn't work for it, ate whatever I wanted. You know, and as I'm getting older, you know, he's like, you just been, you were always strong. You were always, you know, everybody always loved you. As a kid, everybody loved you. People think i am in bodybuilding because of the way you look. That's why people think I bodybuild. I don't bodybuild for that. The reason I bodybuild the only reason I came into this game was to influence. Hmm. A lot of people in the military, they're like, bro, like, how do you make time to bodybuild and do a full-time job? In my civilian job, it's all about time management one, right? And this is the show and influence people in the show. You can do something other than your career. You just gotta make time to do it. I don't have time, yeah, you do. Don't tell me you don't have time. How yeah. many hours of TV you watch, right? right? Because there's time. How much, how much you scroll on Instagram? Right. Because there's more time. Mm-hmm. I was sleeping three hours during my prep for the Texas show. Wow. I slept three hours a day on my work days. Well, now knowing worked, what you... I work 12-hour shifts. Now knowing what you do makes right. sense. Right. You figure it out if that's something you want. Hmm. But don't complain. Oh, I'm tired. You know, I get it. You know, the way the body works. Um, but I really, I really wonder... How many people would say they're tired if they never heard somebody say they were tired from no carbs interesting perspective if you didn't hear somebody say you're going to be tired because you have no carbs, would you really be tired because you have no carbs It's a mental game it's a mental game, right, and so people are like, "Oh, I get cranky when i'm when i'm training when i'm when I'm cutting do you really though mm-hmm. or are use an excuse right because i and I use myself as a catalyst right like I do it, and I'm like, I have no carbs. I'm like, I'm not tired like that. I'm not angry. It's one of those things, right? Like, you, you built this, this mentality of a bodybuilder's life. Oh, he's going to be cutting. Oh, he's going to be angry. We,
0: get, we can go back, and we can segue back into what you're being built for. Right. You're built for that. You put me on low carb for too long. I might be angry because my body does not want that. Right. Your body can tolerate it. But you notice it.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. It's really deeper than just lifting weight. Sure. Right. And changing your body. It's really, really deeper than way deeper than that. What's the next thing for you? Where is
0: where is Robert Timms in bodybuilding, in life, in career, in five years, in 10 years? Where where are you going? Bodybuilding wise? Bodybuilding. Let me let me hear what your bodybuilding. Do you have aspirations in bodybuilding or is it just kind of you're just doing it? So (laughs) you're going to make a lot of people mad when you say this, probably.
1: (laughs) So um, my ultimate goal is a family okay i could care less no, i'm not gonna say I could care less but bodybuilding is fun okay competing is fun it's a hobby it's a hobby it's still a hobby to me though that's the thing right so it's not my lifestyle i don't make a ton of money bodybuilding True. i don't i just do it for fun mm-hmm. so i'm thinking maybe next two years i'm done okay you know um i've had a lot of fun doing it you know but now that doesn't mean i'm gonna stop lifting no you're always going to look but like this. But competing yeah. is expensive, mm-hmm. really expensive. And I'm just kind of like, uh. at the end of the day, my goal is a family. Mm-hmm. Because at the, when, I, when I'm on my deathbed, I'm not going to ask for a trophy. I'm going to ask for my family. Mm-hmm. right? I've had a lot of fun doing it. Um, but, yeah, I don't I don't see myself doing it in the next five years. I just live some life right? and yeah, enjoy yeah, travel. Absolutely. Yeah, have With some the kids. Yeah. I love it, man. That's what I want. That's good. You know and that's
0: and that's the real thing because I see all these people that are in the bodybuilding industry and you and I both know everybody knows watching that looks into bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. It can be a very unhealthy existence. Absolutely. You it
1: know, can. not Absolutely. just physically, but mentally. No, mentally. You you when you're going to eat and you look at the back of labels every day and you know, and it's not a, it's not a it's a gift and a curse. Mm-hmm. Right? Because you're like, "Oh, I can, I want to eat a pizza, but I got to make sure I got a protein on it." Right? Or Oh, I got to, you know, I want to eat uh the Brazilian steakhouse. Yeah. But I need some carbs. Right? So, it's like you really got to you you get into a mindset where you will never ever just eat to enjoy and just relax. I've been it's there. It's always yeah, it's always that balance you have to have and you you try to make sure holidays, okay, well, these are my macros, so I got to make sure I I've done
0: it. I I feel I stupid even saying it now because like when I think about it, going to holidays, going to my mother's house, yep. you know, I'm I'm 100 I'm Croatian. Okay, right, right, okay, okay. So my family cooks very, right. very Croatian, yeah, very yeah, ethnic yeah. food. Mm-hmm. Right, it is fatty, bro. Yeah. it's is, it is oh, full yeah. of carbs. Mm-hmm. It is full of fats. Mm-hmm. It is delicious. Mm-hmm. And I have missed those meals because I was like, no, I no, got to, com- I got to compete, I'm so stupid it's, when I
1: think about it now. Those are the lasting. Effects now. Granted, it is good. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a it's kind of a necessary evil. There's a balance that should be about exactly because you know now you the food you need nutrient dense food Mm -hmm. versus trash food. You're never going to eat just whatever and be fine. And it's crazy to me to see people who can do that. Yeah. Because now that I don't do that, I'm like, oh my gosh, how do you just eat this Mm -hmm. breadsticks and just that's it. It, yeah. it. You know, yeah. and you're good. And I'm like, you have no pro and it's like, I'm not how do I judge? You know, it is you you see these are the these are the mental walls you come with come with um being a bodybuilder. Yeah. right? I mean, I think you have a really healthy outlook
0: on bodybuilding and on life. Oh, absolutely. The way that your the way that your mind works on everything from motivation to just doing what you need to do to recognizing who you should be, what you should be, right. I think people really need to look deeper inside themselves absolutely. to see really where they fit
1: in the world. Right, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're a great example. Mm-hmm. So, and the thing is, like, you know, you say motivation. Yeah, yeah. I think motivation comes from things that you don't really, really want to do. I don't, I'm not motivated to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. I'm not motivated to compete. I do it because I love doing it. I don't need motivation to do it. Right. So when people ask you, like, what motivation you to go to the gym? I don't need motivation to go to the gym. I love doing it. I just like it, you know. So that's the thing. Like, so you got to ask yourself, do I really enjoy the game? If you do, you shouldn't need motivation. You so should I'm, be doing what you, you love. You should just do it because you love doing it. Yeah. Right. It's good, man. It's so simple. It's, <laughs> it's so simple it when is. you look at it. And that's the thing, right? Like, I keep everything. It has to make sense to me. Mm hmm. If it doesn't make sense or you can't give me a why, if I if I ask you why and you can't give me an answer, it just won't make sense. I need to make, need it to make sense. Well you're you're a overly logical person.
0: Yes. And but that's from my dad. We're missing a lot of that right now in the world. And that's what people need to really focus on. I agree. So I'm gonna end this with Do you have a girlfriend currently to start a family with? I, I am talking to someone, yes. Okay, good. So ladies Calm down. Everybody that's watching this, <laughs> back off. He's, But he's not married yet, right. but he might be soon. Right. He wants to start a family. Yes. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, man.
1: Thank you. I really you.
0: appreciate it. I think you have really made some good points. I'm excited for your future. Thank you. I'm excited for you really using this platform that you built, not just right. from bodybuilding, right. but from everything that you've done to influence and really push people to recognize their dreams, right. recognize what they should be doing. Absolutely. and getting people to a point where they are a better version of themselves. Yes.
1: And that all comes down to being honest with yourself. Amen.
0: Robert Sims, thank you so
1: much for coming Absolutely. on Absolutely, thank you for having me.